What's up, Colonel fans? I hope the new year has treated you well as we're about a month in. I'd like to welcome you to another episode of Kicking It with the Colonels. Today, I am joined by one of our new assistant women's basketball coaches, Coretta Brown. Coach, first and foremost, I appreciate you taking the time. Oh, man, I appreciate the invite. Thank you. Hey, it's awesome. Speaking of awesome, Colonels have been doing fantastic on the court this season. Why don't you just give us a quick overview about how the squad is doing under, you know, first-year head coach Greg Todd and basically half a new coaching staff. Yeah. Fantastic. Ah, maybe a stretch. <laughs> we're, we're, we're doing okay. You know, like as a staff, we joke all the time. Like it's such a great group to be around, you know, even with the gray hairs that they may give you as players. Like we're just blessed to coach some awesome young women. So they're fighting and they're getting better, which as a coach, you know, you want to see, obviously you would like to see a lot of wins, but you always want to see that progression of getting better. And from July, since I first stepped foot here, like I could see that month to month. So it's pretty cool to see. It's our first season in a new conference. We weren't necessarily picked to be towards the top, but that's where we're sitting right now. Any expectation that you guys thought that we would even be remotely where we are? Um, no. You know, again, like first year, it's the first year the staff's been together. It's first year in a new conference. Really no expectation except for that. You know, our expectation is win the day. <laughs> you know, kind of like my little bracelet on that. Like, that's yep. what we want to do. Every single day we want to get better and better and better. You know, if that means us finishing top two in the conference, great. If that means us finishing top four in the conference, great. Like, that's been our motto from day one is every day get better, get better, get better, and let, let the rest take care of itself. So you're from Georgia. What was it like growing up down there? Uh, warm. I bet. Not like Richmond. Because <laughs> <laughs> we got Georgia. snow on the ground right now. Georgia was a little warm. But, no, it was, you know, it kind of reminds – I tell people all the time, it kind of reminds me of my hometown, you know, being here in Richmond, being from Statesboro, Georgia. Everybody kind of knows everybody. You know, everybody's pretty much friendly, that southern hospitality. Oh, yeah. You know, so it, it kind of reminds me a little bit of home being here. Spent your college days at UNC. Yeah, go Hills. Two, uh, so I want to believe you were two-time first-team all-conference, one-time second-team. But more importantly, you were the school's all-time leader in three-pointers made. Yeah. So you kind of set the bar starting, like, as the game has evolved to three-pointers. You were doing it way before it was actually yeah. cool. I have no idea how that happened. Because <laughs> I, I tell the story all the time, like, coming into college, like, I was not recruited for my three-point shot at all. Like, I could not shot. I could not shoot. My form was jacked up. But it took a lot of work, you know, and my position coach worked with me and worked with me and worked with me. And so when I got that accolade, it was just like, whoa. <laughs> you know, like hard work really does pay off because freshman year I had no shot. Well, when you come from, like you said, your Statesboro, small-ish town, mm-hmm. heading to Chapel Hill, what sort of adjustment was like that for you? Um, country girl in a big city, you know, Chapel Hill, even the Triangle area, you know, because you got those three big ACC schools there. You know, it was just kind of like, whoa. You know, but again, luckily for me, I'm a big family person. Anybody who knows me know that. So that's the beauty of kind of being a student athlete. It's kind of like I was leaving one family and being adopted into next. You know, my upperclassmen always, they took care of me. I didn't have a car first semester. <laughs> you know, I was like, hey, I need to go to Walmart. You know, yeah. like, so it was kind of like I was kind of adopted into a family. So that was, that was really cool. When you started your college career, mm-hmm. did you think for one second that you would be a first-round draft pick in the WNBA? No. I thought that I would be a first-round draft pick in the NBA. There you go. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> you know, and it's I've always been optimistic, super-duper crazy, but that was literally my goal. You know, I was I was going to be – and rest in peace to um, the young lady who actually was down in, in Delta State. Rest in peace to her. But, you know, I, that was my goal. I wanted to be the first – female to actually play in the NBA, and then I want to be the first female to sign to the Jumpman brand. There you, know? you go. That was always my goal. That's what I work towards daily. 
Didn't make it to the NBA, but I did make it to the WNBA, so that was pretty cool. Well, no, that's awesome that you have that because I say stuff like that. Like, I mean, I have a five-year-old little girl, and hopefully it happens way before she gets there. But I'm like, she's going to be the first kicker in the NFL because kickers can go on forever. Mm -hmm. You rarely hit now the way the rules Mm -hmm. are. So, I mean, I like that that's, like, what your aspirations are, man. Forget the WNBA. Like, I want to be – the National Basketball Association. Absolutely, and it's doable now. You know, 100%. Like one, one of my best friends, like she coaches with the Washington Redskins. You know, it's kind of like females now are starting to make that transition. Another female friend of mine, she coaches with the Portland Trailblazers. You know, like she's actually an assistant coach. So it's kind of cool to see the females kind of, kind of take that trend over. Yeah, get me in touch with her. My dad's from the Oregon area, so I'm a big Blazers no fan. Real talk. I, I bet he knows who who I'm talking about because okay. she plays. She played college ball up in there too. She played in the WNBA. Ooh. I guarantee if I say her name, he'll know. All right. Well, I like that. So, what was it like playing at the pinnacle of, like, your profession? Man, it was like a dream come true, like, every day. Like, the my entire professional career, I don't think I had one bad day. You know, because it's like I've had a ball in my hand since I was five. Yeah. You know, so it's always been basketball, basketball my entire life. And so to kind of reach that, like, whoa, like, I'm – I'm here. Of course, I still had dreams. I'm optimistic, you know. Of course. So I'm in the league. I'm like, okay, I want to be an Olympian. You know, I want an Olympic gold medal. You know, it's all, I was always striving for something better. But to be there and, like, living out my dream and getting to travel to the different cities. And I think the first time I saw a fan in the stand with the fever and had my jersey. Like, I probably had, like, the goofiest grin on my face. But I couldn't believe it. I'm like, wow, like, this is actually happening. Like, I'm actually living out my dream. So, I mean, I'm tru- I was truly – I'm truly blessed – to have experienced that. Not many people get to do that, like only 1% of the population. And so for me to be blessed to be in the league, even a small amount of time that I was, like, it's such a blessing. I enjoyed every minute of it. A small amount of time, nothing. Like like you said, you're part of the 1% that never gets there. There are probably people lined up to be in the league half the amount of time that you were there. Yeah. Now, you got traded. Now, you you didn't spend a majority of your career with the team that actually drafted you. You were drafted mm-hmm. by the San Antonio Silver Spurs and then got traded. Yeah. I've never been able to ask somebody this. What's it like to be traded? Man, like, it was kind of mine happened so quick. So I was drafted by the San Antonio Civil Civil Stars, which at the time I was excited because my college coach was actually playing on the team. There you go. And so I'm like, no way. Like, I'm about to go play with my coach. I'm like, this is awesome. And then I got traded, like, before I even got on the plane to training camp. I got traded to Indiana. So, I mean, that experience – and, you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure people on this call are familiar with the name Tamika Ketchens. Like, for me, a rookie coming into the game, like, I, I thought I worked hard. Yeah. Right? Like, I work hard. I'm part of the 1%. Like, I'm always striving to be better. Watching her work <laughs> on a daily basis, I'm like, how did I get here? <laughs> you know, like, her work ethic was through the roof. Like, and, it, and that was the drive that I needed, you know, because at that level, you're surrounded by greatness at every area, you know. And oh, I rem- 100%. I remember my rookie season. Um, Coach Washington pulling me after practice and saying, hey, you know, she was a veteran point guard at the time. She was like, your ball handling got to get better. And she set out cones. I'm a professional athlete. And she's like, follow me. I'm like, okay. (laughs) Where are we going? Yeah. So, I mean, it was really cool, man. So, yeah, teammates like that. And then, you know, I had some teammates that haze me. You got to bring me breakfast and all of that jazz. So, I mean, bring them breakfast? I did. Okay. Just I did. I didn't. I mean, I imagine stuff like that actually. Oh, it happens all the time. All the time. It it, it wasn't nothing crazy where they was like, put me underneath a charter burst or something like that. But, yeah, it was pretty cool. When you went to Indiana, was that the furthest north you had gone? Because you grew up in Georgia, played your college ball. 
in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. So I imagine San Antonio would have been the furthest west. I'm, you might have traveled in high school. I'm just trying to gather, yeah. like, how things geographically played out for you. Yeah, I mean, obviously at, at Carolina, you know, we travel quite a bit. You know, we Niagara Falls, Iowa, yeah. we play different worlds. But in terms of actually living, yes, you know, it was the furthest I've ever been from home. And I never forget, I think it was the first time they had a tornado warning or something, and I heard the sirens. And I was on the second floor of the apartment complex that they put us in. I called my teammate who's on the first floor. I'm like, what is that? What is going <laughs> on? <laughs> I'm like, help, call Red. Like, what do I do? And she was like, relax. It happens all the time. But, again, like, again, like I've been so blessed in my career when I think about it, from going to Chapel Hill, being adopt- adopted into that family, you know, to even my professional career. Like, a lot of those players that I played with rookie season, we're still tight to this day. You know, like one of my best friends, like she still calls me her ace to this day, you know, because I felt like I was being adopted into another family. You know, and it's not like some of the other horror stories that I hear, especially professionally, where they go and the top player is, you know, over here and it's everybody else. You know, Tamika Ketchum wasn't like that. It's like we were literally all a family. Like we would have pool parties, like we would hang out. So I've been really blessed in my career. I like it. Yeah. As you continue to say that and I continue to ask questions about it, when you went into the league, it was still relatively young. Mm -hmm. So after Indiana, you make a stop in Chicago for their inaugural season. Yeah. What's it like being part of a franchise in their very first year? Man, that was so cool and unexpected, you know, because when I left Indiana, I got traded to Houston, uh, got hurt in Houston training camp, got cut. So after then, you know, I'm like, okay, fine, I'll start my coaching career. So I was at Georgia Tech, you know, just working with them as an administrative coordinator, doing my little duties there. And my agent called. I get a call like, hey, Chicago wants to bring you up for a tryout. What? And, like, the season's already going on at this point. I'm like, the season already started. She was like, yeah, I know. So I literally was, like, flying out in two weeks. I had two weeks to train, <laughs> you know, so I'm, like, going twice a day. I'm like, this is crazy. I thought my playing career was over. Fly out there, you know, went through a little workout against some of their male practice players for the coach. He said, we want you. Came back home in about two days. I was with the Chicago Sky. So, I mean, that – that experience, I love Chicago. Like, it, it was, I was only there for one season, but Chicago is such a beautiful city in the summertime. Oh, yeah, I bet you it's not very nice in the oh, winter. Oh, no, in the summertime. Yeah. yeah, no, my wife and I spent our five-year anniversary in Chicago. So, like, I love it. It's a, like you said, it's a great city, and we went in June because yeah. I'm not trying to go right now. Yeah, it was really cool and, you know, kind of full circle to see them win the WNBA championship this past season, you know, like the the current coach, you know, like I've been keeping in contact. I'm like, I know you don't know me, but I was part of the inaugural <laughs> season, <laughs> you know. And, he, you know, and so we've been responding. So just kind of see them win it. I'm like, oh, my gosh. And after they won it, I think about two weeks after that, I finally took my picture. They sent everybody in the inaugural season. They sent them a picture. Oh, that's cool. And so I finally took it and got it framed <laughs> after they won the championship. <laughs> that was cool. That was really cool to oh, see. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Now, when you before you got into that story, you just said you would just transition right away into coaching. So mm-hmm. I'm assuming that coaching was always on the table for you at some point. Like that's what always. you wanted to do. Always, like I said, like basketball's been in my hands since I was five. Yeah. So I knew I went into college thinking, yeah, I'm gonna own a business one day, and then I'm like, no, like I really want to be a part of basketball, like for life, <laughs> you know. And I knew the ball was gonna stop bouncing at one time. One. You know, yeah. I had I had a really good mentor in college who kind of helped me with that. And so I'm, she she would always question me. She's like, okay, when you stop playing. Then what? And I was like, okay, well, what's another way that I can still be around the game? I could be an agent. I can do this. And she was like, well, you know, you could always coach. And then ever since then, I'm like, that's what I want to do. I want to coach. Like you said, agent. Like most people, like one of their either one or two go-to, it's not even an agent. It's like a coach 
or front office. You're like, well, I'm going to handle people's business. I'm going to take care of players coming in. I like yeah. that. And I say agent. She wasn't really. So Carolina had a very unique way of preparing you. Okay. Right? Like I'll never forget freshman year. We had media training. You know, we just had different stuff that we had to do. And so they had this center where we had to go for our study hall. You know, we had study hall every night, 6 to 8 p.m., non-negotiable for the freshmen. But they also had a – and I forget what it's called, but it was basically an entire program that helped athletes after they stopped playing, from resume building to interviewing process. Okay. And so it was very interesting, you know. So And I still keep in contact with her to this day, you know, like her just taking interest. Because, of course, everybody's always known Coretta Brown, the basketball player. Yeah. But her just taking a full interest in Coretta Brown. You person. know, like yeah, the person like yeah. that was completely different. So, they did a good job of preparing me for that. I'm I'm glad to hear that because you, you you do hear all the horror stories of like athletes just not knowing what to do, how to evolve after the game. Yeah. Yeah. So it's nice to know that they prepped you for stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now, absolutely. did any of this prepare you for FIBA? I know you did some off season or yeah. some off season uh, international yeah. ball. What was it like playing for Team USA in Russia? In Russia. That was so cool. I'm sure Arena, one of our players, would love that. But to be able to do that, again, it was a random call from my agent at the time. She was like, you know, hey, they're looking for players to go over and play in the FIBA. And I'm like, really? She was like, yeah. So it was cool. They flew me out to New York. We had, I guess you want to call it training camp practice for whatever, for, for about a week. And then we were all to Russia. And that, that was an experience. You know, I, I've been overseas in Russia, China, and Spain and played over there. And I tell people all the time, they're like, what is it like? What is it like? I'm like, for me, it makes you appreciate America. You know, because when I go to some of those countries and I'm, I'm looking at just their way of living, I'm like, man, like, we're truly blessed over here. Like, a lot of the simple stuff we take for granted, like clean running water. <laughs> you know, like, we, ta- we take that for granted, you know. So it really made me appreciate being, being here, being from America. I, I mean, I got to travel a lot as a kid. My parents were in the military, so mm-hmm. I had that luxury. So I know exactly what you're saying. Yep. Now, I never had a chance to get to Russia. Like, mm-hmm. I've always was fascinated just by that stuff. So yeah. what was that like, just being over there and seeing Did you guys get to travel a lot? Or was it mainly basketball, which I would completely understand if it was. Yeah, it was, it was mainly basketball, but they okay. did a good job because they were kind of like the, the host city. You know, they did have little different events planned out here and there. Um, you know, of course, us being Americans, we're going to get in taxis and go to the McDonald's. Cause yeah. We don't, <laughs> you know, like we're going to. I know what I can get oh, there. Yeah, I can yeah, get a Russian yeah. Big Mac. <laughs> yeah. So it, it was kind of, you know, the, the stigma about, you know, Russians being mean and angry. Like I kind of felt that, you know, and, and I don't know if it was because of the living situation, but it was like everybody's just always angry and I'm like god you know and here I am from South Georgia hey, and, they're, and yeah. they're like what is wrong with you like everybody was just always in a rush and you know just really angry and then I found it again I'll never forget this I was looking outside of my hotel room and I saw this guy because they they had this rule like the running water like we had to brush our teeth with like bottled waters and because of the water yeah and so I look outside and I see this guy he got like a bottled water and he's like using it for everything like to clean his car to drink like oh. yeah and i'm like wow like again like stuff we take for granted well, yeah right? you know like so i would have never thought that at all yeah it was very eye-opening very eye-opening yeah are right, we gonna try to lighten this mood up a little bit you're back here in the states you're coaching yep you make some stops so you started out at georgia tech mm-hmm. ended up in our old conference OBC. at tennessee tech yep what was that like that was awesome um, the head coach at the time, Satya MS, I, sh- I actually worked with her at Georgia Tech. Okay. And so when she got that head job, she, she called me. She was like, I got an assistant position open. I want you to come join me. So I was at Tennessee Tech her entire tenure there. And it was really cool. Like, I learned, 
the beauty, again, like I, I've been so blessed when I look back in my career. You know, here I am, a first-time assistant head coach, right, or assistant coach. And so she would always, every year, like literally give me a different area to groom me. I had no idea what she was doing at the time. You know, like I yeah. may be over scouts. I'm the scout coordinator. This Okay, cool, you got that. Now, okay, this year I want you to be my recruiting coordinator. Okay, cool, now you got this. And so she was literally preparing me for the totality of the program, and I had no idea. You know, I'm just like, man, like, because every year an assistant would leave, and it's like every year they would leave, she'd just pile more. And I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> I can't do this. <laughs> you know, but she was literally preparing. So it was really cool to kind of see that that faith and that trust that she had in me to, to get the job done. Well, because then right after that, you said you were there her, uh, her whole tenure, so you're mm -hmm. out in 12. Mm -hmm. Another first for you. Become the first head. You start a program. Started it at Thomas University. From ground up in your in your home state. Yeah, started it. What was that like? I mean, ground zero. What was your budget? What budget? <laughs> <laughs> that was my budget. What budget? I mean, that was that was a challenge. But again, like if anybody who knows me, they know like I love a challenge, a, a good old challenge. Yeah. There's nothing like it. You know, again, it's the same person who thought she was gonna play in the NBA. <laughs> You know, and at that time, before I took that job, you know, I had two other D1 assistant jobs. And I'm like, you know, it's an opportunity for me to go back to Georgia, start a program. I'm in my – still young. Yeah. Like, who gets that opportunity? And that was probably – not probably. That was the most stressful years <laughs> of my coaching career, period. You know, because I'm starting a program at a four-year school. It's an NAIA, so we don't really have the budget like that. I'm coming from D1. Yeah, where you're used to certain you things. You know, uh, professional athlete before that. So I'm just like, well, where's this? Where's this? I'll never forget this. The very first meeting I had with the AD, I said, okay, so, you know, when do I take the test? He was like, what test? I'm like, the recruiting test. Was like, There's no recruiting test in NAI. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my gosh, where have I landed? So it was, it was completely different, you know, but what I did learn in that process, again, like I'm a very faithful person. I believe that my steps are ordered. I did learn a lot about myself as a coach during that process. Again, the most stressful time of my career. You know, didn't win a whole lot of games, had to learn a lot first time, leaned on my mentors a whole lot. Oh, I bet. But I learned a lot about myself as a coach. So if I would do it over again and get the same lesson, without a heartbeat. Well, yeah, because I saw, like, everything. You were in charge of everything from player development mm -hmm. to facility management. Mm -hmm. Everything. I was the head coach sweeping the floor. Everything. I was, the, like, you know, and again, like, I wanted to give my players – that D1 experience 100%. without the budget. Yeah. You know, so a lot of the stuff that I was doing was out of pocket. You know, they wanted a radio system in the locker room. Okay, I'm going to Walmart, out of pocket. You know, they want snacks because I had a couple of players show up to practice and they're about to pass out. I'm like, what's wrong with you? Of course I didn't eat. Oh, my God. So, you know, so now every week I'm going to the grocery store, keeping food in the locker room. Yeah. You know, like, again, like I wanted my players, and I used to say it all the time, and they laugh at me <laughs> still to this day. I'm like, we're going to be – the UConn of NAIA. There you go. You know, and, and it's really cool to see because, again, I'm, I'm a big family person, and it warmed my heart. This was probably about five years ago now to see a lot of those players and managers that I coach, they all took a, took a vacation together. And I'm like, okay, so it may have been stressful, but I'm like, I think I did something right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, like, I think I did something right You there. created a bond right there. Yeah, and stuff yeah. like that, like, that's not that's broken. Like, that's real. Yeah. That is something tangible that yes. you can hold on to. For life. And, and they, they all, like, they're, they're still best friends for life, you know. And so I'm like, that's, that's, still, that's still good to see. And that warms my heart, and I never even met these people. Yeah, it warms my heart, too. But, again, like, I was, even you know, back then, like, I had some pretty good players. Of course, it's NAI, so I had those knucklehead players. Yeah. But then, like, for the most part, I just had great players, you know. Like, coach, can you come to my baby shower? 
wedding invitations, you know, like those yeah. kind of players. So it's, you know, that's that's the bond. And for me, like, that's kind of why I coach. I get asked this question all the time. Why do you coach? Well, some coaches coach for the wins, the the personal gain. For me, it's all about impact. You know, if I can, of course, I'm going to teach you something on the court. You know, I've played, of course, I can yeah. teach you all of that. But if I can influence or impact your life, that you want to be a better person, like, that's how I judge my coaching career. I want to suit up for you. I, I got, like, <laughs> zero eligibility left. I, there's no way I can – I'm good for five fouls. Yeah. But I'll play for you uh, 100%. You say that now until you step in between the lines, <laughs> and I'm like, get on the line. <laughs> I always joke, like, I would love to – I would love to go through – like your spring, summer type conditioning where mm-hmm. I wouldn't necessarily be in the way, but I'm like doing your up downs just so like yeah. I'm watching the girls go up and down like five times. I'll be halfway down sucking wind. <laughs> it would be, it would be amazing, but no, I'm, I love everything that you guys have been doing and you, since you've been here, it, I mean, speaking from a personal experience, like you have a fantastic energy about you. Like, I love coming in knowing that at some point I'm going to see Coretta Brown and I'm going to get a fist bump. Oh, cap. <laughs> nah. So, you know what I'm saying? No, no I, and I like that because this is, like, you know it as a professional athlete. Mm-hmm. You've been around. It's not your first rodeo. Like, college coaching is a revolving door for the most Absolutely. part. So, just Absolutely. knowing that something like that is, like, in our house yeah. and handling our women's basketball program with the help, you know, Greg Todd's there leading the way and you're yeah, there yeah. helping him. That's just – and, goosebumps just and I, about I think it. that's the beauty of it, you know, because, again, like, this is, I think, year mm, – I'm not going to tell my age. Double digits, <laughs> right? <laughs> Been coaching for a while. And that's the beauty of, like, this staff, like, and what I've noticed since I've stepped foot is that this staff genuinely cares, you know, because what I learned probably about five, six years ago is that it's too separate. It's too separate. You know, it's the athlete. You can push the athlete because most athletes, they want to do what? They want to win. They yes. want to get better. You know, so even if they're blah, 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 underneath their breath, at the end of the day, they still want to be pushed, you know, because they're athlete. They want to win. And then it's the person. Totally two different people. And so I think that's, in my mind, is when I became a really better coach is when I understood that. You know, the athlete, they want to be pushed. They want to be held accountable, even when they give you pushback. But then that person wants to know that you care. They want to know that you are invested in me, not just what I can do on the court. You know, and from me to everybody else on this staff, you know, from my GAs to – our Dobo, like, I think our players genuinely feel that. And I think that's been a huge part of why we have, we're having a little bit of success that we do because of that family atmosphere. Again, yeah. I'm been on family. Like, I know a lot of programs and universities, they preach it. And I tell people all the time, like, I've genuinely felt it from day one since I stepped foot on this campus. So, it, like, that, and then you, again, like, you put the recipe of just getting better every single day. That's a recipe for success every time. Every single time. I love it. I love it. When you... When you got here, like, what attracted you to the job here at Eastern? Um, it was a change of pace. You know, I needed a – I definitely needed a fresh energy. And to be honest, what I heard about Coach Todd, you know, again, because I, and I'm an assistant, and i never forget years ago when I left um, when I left Tennessee Tech and I took the Thomas job, my friend was like, you know, why wouldn't you take this job over here? You know, you stay in D1, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, uh, I can't, I can't work for everybody. And they thought I was crazy out of my mind. Like, what do you mean you're going to turn out X amount of dollars? I'm like, because I know me. You know, yeah. just, you know, I know me. And so that was one of the main things, that, honestly, that attracted me to this, was just what I was hearing about Coach Todd, 
his resume. He's awesome to work for. You know, he's. I mean, you you know. Oh, I, I mean, uh, same I mean, thing. it's like that you man's know, a walking yeah, smile. I mean, it's and even around town. I was at Kroger about three days ago, and I had on some EKU gear. She's like, oh, what do you do? Oh, I'm one of the women's basketball assistants. Oh, yeah, I love Coach Todd. Like, I get that all the time. I get that all the time. You know, so, I mean, just to be able to work for a person like that, and not only work for but to learn, you know, to learn from his mind. He's had success. He's been doing this 30 years, almost twice as long as I have. You yeah. know, so I'm always looking for that. Okay, who can who can I learn from? Who can I groom from? And that's that's just it. Okay. I want to talk a little life non-basketball. Mm-hmm. You are one of four girls, if I if I read that correctly. Yeah. If, if, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm the baby, the baby uh, of four. Okay, it's not wrong with that. I mean, I I was one of two brothers. What was it like? Like that'd be five women in the household. What's that like? Oh, my lucky dad. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was for me. Like I was such a daddy's girl. Like I followed my dad everywhere. You know, like literally, I remember crying when I couldn't go with him Aww. one day. You know, like I was a daddy's girl. And again, like I'm the baby of four, like I say that jokingly, but I was spoiled. The you babies know, always the, are. I always, always. You know, I look at it hindsight, I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I was I was pretty spoiled. You know, I pretty much got everything. I'm, I'm like, yeah, I was spoiled. You know, and even like my older sisters, like they were always, she's spoiled, and they were always on my parents. You got to stop spoiling her. And then I look back, and I'm like, Y'all spoiled me too. Yeah, <laughs> y'all were part of it too. You know, yeah. Did everybody play or like everybody play sports? God no. Okay. I, so I, I I joked to my parents one time because again I'm the baby of four, which my two older sisters graduated from Duke by the way. Whoa, girls' Christmases. Oh, were they fun. were so oh, mad at yeah, you. Those Christmases <laughs> were always fun. <laughs> but I always joke, you know, my three older sisters they all went to college on academic scholarships. Okay. I was the only one that went on athletic. And so I joked to my parents. I'm like, yeah, I guess all the brains were gone hey! <laughs> by the time it came around to me. But I got all the athleticism. So it was, like, totally different, you know, because you had, like, homecoming queen, homecoming queen, you know, track star, homecoming queen, beauty queen. And then there's me, the tomboy <laughs> that's running behind dad that was forced to be the homecoming queen, you know. Aww. So it was, it, was, it was pretty cool. I can't, I mean, one of, I'm one, like I said, I'm just one of two. So one of four, I just can't imagine, let alone all girls. Now, into college, majored, got your bachelor's of arts in African-American studies. Mm -hmm. Was that something like big for you as an African-American woman? Definitely big for me. Definitely. I'll never forget my first AFAM class, which the professor has since passed. I think it was about two years ago, rest in peace. But I never forget that first class. Like it just intrigued me in a way because I'd never been taught that before. You know, I it was a lot of stuff that I just never knew. Oh, because yeah. in high school we didn't learn about that. Yep. You know, so then when I get to college, I'm like, wait, what? We did what? We invented what? You know, so I was just always intrigued by that, and so I was like, yeah, this is this is this is what I want to do. So then you minored in English, yeah. and I know you said always coaching. Did you ever think just those that particular combination of mm-hmm. like a major and a minor? Teaching, I mean, coaching is like teaching, but I mean, did you ever thought of being physically in the classroom, like teaching a class? Uh, yeah. So my my backup, my plan B, right? I didn't have a C. My plan A was basketball. Yep. First and foremost, my plan B was high school, teach maybe P and basketball. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was my plan B. It was always basketball. Basketball was always in the picture somehow. Yeah. So, what's one of the holiday traditions that you just remember most fondly as a kid? Uh, Christmas. Christmas is my favorite holiday. I mean, it's the birth of my guy. How can, <laughs> you know, right. like how, how can you not love it? That's always 
one of my favorite holidays. And it's just, I mean, it's still like even now, like if it's any other holiday, I can miss Thanksgiving, whatever. But Christmas, I have to be with my family. I have to be. I don't care if I got to catch a plane, trust, bus, whatever I got to catch. So that's always been a tradition. You know, it's just Christmas. You know, we're always here. Christmas now looks a little different because, I mean, obviously we're always older. But yeah. I'm like, you know, I'm still blessed to have my parents here on this earth. So as long as they're here on this earth every Christmas, I am wherever they are. I got you. <laughs> yeah. So are you guys all scattered around yeah. the country? Yeah. So like where are your sisters at right yeah. now? Yeah. So my oldest sister is in Orlando, which uh, I think she'll be coming to come some of the games. Stetson, I think, is pretty close to her. Okay. And then my sister after her is in Tallahassee. And then I have a sister in Atlanta. And okay. then I have two nieces who are twins and a nephew. Right, so everybody stays relatively in the same region. You, yeah. Like you don't have somebody yeah. out on the West Coast. No, it's chilling. always it's always me. <laughs> it's always me that You're they always the furthest yeah, away. That they have to keep up with. Like everybody else has pretty much been stationary their whole life. It's always it's like, okay, where's Coretta going now? You know? Somebody who you said it several times had a basketball in her hand since she was five. Mm -hmm. And you strove, like, your goal was to be the first woman in the, in the NBA. Mm -hmm. Who'd you model your game after? Um, everybody. Like, I, I kind of stole from everybody. I mean, obviously, growing up, and my parents, like, and this is why I love them so much, just their investment in me, because they saw it at an early age. So every Christmas, I get a new basketball. Because by <laughs> then, I don't wore it out. I'm out yeah. there in the rain. Like, literally, I would be outside on a dirt court, in the rain, and my mom, yeah, get your, <laughs> you know, just because I loved it so much, and so that was, I don't know, that was that was a big tradition for me. And what was the question? <laughs> Who'd you model your Who'd game? Who'd I after? model my game after? So my dad would buy these VHS tapes. You know, I'm telling my age. Nah, that's all right. <laughs> he would. I mean, I was gonna say we're the same age, so you're all right. So I know exactly what VHS. He would buy these VHS tapes of Michael Jordan. Okay. And I would watch it literally every single day. Like, every single day. I would watch it, and then I'd go outside in the backyard and try to mimic it. There you go. And it, that was literally, like, every single day. Like, to me, Michael Jordan is the GOAT. Like, people keep going back and forth, this debate about who's the best. And it's Michael Jordan. Hands it's, down. It's hands down. It, it's hand down to MJ. So him, and then when I got to college, I watched a lot of film on Cynthia Cooper. Okay. A lot of people don't know that. Three-time WNBA champions. Like, I watched a lot of film on her. And so I would just literally, when I watch something and I like it, I would just add it to me. I would add it to the Coretta Brown brag. There you, you know, go. But those two in particular, especially Michael Jordan growing up when I was a kid, I watched him religiously, like to the point that I would cry when the Bulls lost. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I like mean, I'm sorry. that was my guy. So imagine how it was when I finally met him. Oh, you met Michael Jordan. I worked okay, his camp. That's a story. Let's, yeah. I need to hear this. You worked <laughs> this camp. I worked this camp. So he had a camp in, I forget the name of the city in Illinois. And again, like Carolina, Carolina's a yep. family. He would always invite two women's basketball players every summer to come work the camp. Well, you know, it was my turn. I'm the junior now. And so me and my roommate, we got invited to work the camp. And, I mean, just meeting him, like, the talk of the camp was always, okay, what sports car is he going to drive today? Because he drove a different one every, every day. day. <laughs> he drove a different <laughs> one every day. You know, and so the camp had this whole thing where, like, we could get one item, and he signed it. And so I have the poster, you know, the poster where he's, like, Oh, his wingman poster? Yeah, or wingman. I have it signed with uh, all of that. And so meeting oh. him was just like, yo, like. This is the guy. Which, of course, I've seen him before. Because, like, yeah. it, was, it was always a buzz around campus. Everybody knew when MJ was when he on was campus. Here. Oh, oh, 100%. Yeah. Like, we're not going to You're class. You're not keeping like, that secret? Oh, yeah. Everybody knew. Wait, he's on Franklin Street? <laughs> like, people leaving out class, you know, just to get a picture or a glimpse of him. Yeah. So, But to actually meet him, like, face-to-face, -face and, I mean, it was just like, wow, this is really the guy that I watched every day growing up. So, 
it was just a moment. Like, I've, ne- I've never really been starstruck, even when I met him. So a lot of people don't know this. Even when I met Michael Jordan, it was like, yo, like, this is Mike. Like, this is, yeah, what's up, my family? I'm Carolina. <laughs> never really been starstruck until I met Marion Jones. Really? Yeah. I met her. This was during the summer. You know, like, again, like, every su- I use every summer to add something to my game. Yeah. And so this particular summer, like, I needed to bulk up. You know, I was a number two pencil coming in. Mm-hmm. And so I was in the weight room four days a week. And so I never forget, this is just on my own outside of the team. And so I was in there, and I strength coach. She was like, I got somebody I want you to meet. I'm like, who? Because we was getting ready to start our session. And I see that, and I froze. Like, I completely froze. Couldn't say my name, anything. All I heard was, hey, I'm Marion Jones. That's all I heard. That's all I heard. Be- because to me, like, again, like, I met Vince Carter on my recruiting visit. You know, so, like, I've met all these other guys. But to me, like, Marion Jones, she's done what it is that I want to do. Yeah. Like, she won the national championship at Carolina. You know, she's got these records. I'm like, that's what I want to do. So, to meet her, I was just like, oh, my God, you're Marion Jones. Oh, my God, you're Marion Jones. <laughs> like, I couldn't say anything. And I straight close. Like, she was just dying laughing. She thought it was the funniest thing. I mean, because I imagine stuff like that happens all the time. Yeah. And I, I spent – I was slinging coffee for uh, Starbucks, so I – ran in like South Jersey. So I ran into some like Philadelphia people. So I know what it's, I don't want to say I know what it's like to physically meet these people, but I'm just sitting there the one day, boom, like I'm serving a tall grande or a tall black coffee to Ron Jaworski. Like, so it's stuff like that, (laughs) that, you know, get you. But the fact that you can keep your cool because you see people and they just, they faint, they freak out. I never get that. Yeah, I never get, I've never been that kind of fan about anybody. And again, like up until that point, like I've met a lot of people. You know, from rappers to you name it. Like, yeah. I've met a lot of people, but she's the only one. Like, still to this day, she's the only one that I ever met that I just completely froze. You hear this man's Coretta Brown, people who knows people. Like, <laughs> I'm impressed. No, cause, I mean, you're just dropping down some of, like, some, some of the biggest names in their respective sports. Yeah. Like, that's – back to this Michael Jordan camp. You see all these viral videos of him, like, taking somebody on one-on-one. Mm-hmm. Did he do this? At your camp, like, did somebody challenge? Mm-hmm. He did it. He actually did it. Um, I didn't go, but I think uh, my roommate went. Okay. My roommate went. She didn't win. Well. Yeah, she didn't win. But the claim to fame, the year before, because, again, he would always pick two players from the women's staff. The year before, my teammate did actually score on him. Score? She scored on him, yeah. I mean, I would, t- I would leave. If I got one bucket on any – I would just walk <laughs> out. I win. I'm not giving you any chances yeah. at all. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Coach, what do you want your legacy to be? Not just here, but when when someone says the name Coretta Brown, mm-hmm. what do you want that to be, like, associated with? Uh, Just impactful at the end of the day. Impactful. She cares. She's impactful. She's a winner. You know, like, she's a believer. That's first and foremost. You know, again, like, I never – I, and I think it's because I've done a lot. I've kind of been through a lot. And that's just where I am. Like, again, like, I'm a very faithful person. That's where that's where I am in my yeah. walk. Like, at the end of the day, I want them to be like, yeah, that coach right there, I rock with her. She cared. Not because of what they could do on the court, but just, again, like, how did I impact that person, you know? I mean, I like – and like I said, I can see it when you're out there. Like, you take that time. You're one-on-one mm-hmm. with our players. Not everyone has, like, your one-on-one sessions. I get that, but just mm-hmm. – I'm not in it, obviously. I'm just on the outside looking in. But it genuinely seems like you're invested in them and they're invested in you. Yeah, and it's, it's always genuine. You know, it's never forced. Yeah. Because when I look at it, you know, again, like the most high, he doesn't force us. We all have free will, you know. But, again, like I want my players to know 
it's not forceful. It's just if you want it, I want what you want. And I tell my players this every year. You know, when I first got here, you know, the seniors, I'm like, what y'all want? Because at the end of the day, I, I want what you want. If you want to yeah. go be great, blah, 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 use me. I got a ton of knowledge. Pick the heck out of my brain. Wear me out, which they do. <laughs> which they do. You know, but you love to see that. Like, I, I love when I get those texts. Hey, coach, can we watch film? Hey, coach, can we talk? Absolutely. You know, like, I've literally dropped everything I'm doing before because that's what it's about. You know, because if I had a daughter that's playing whatever, field hockey, soccer, whatever, like, I would want that coach to do the same thing. Like, invest in my child, not just the athlete. I got you. Yeah. Coach, I like the juju you bring. I am so blessed that, like, you're here. I'm blessed to finally, like, sit down with this time. And you and I, we have time to, like, chit-chat in the hallway. I'm singing Aretha Franklin yeah. or doing whatever, bebopping through the hallways. Great voice, by the way. Great voice. Oh, uh, now you're just lying to everybody. Um, but, no, like, I'm, I'm, I'm blessed, like you said, just to be where I'm at. But to be able to interact with everybody, including yourself, like, I can't thank you enough for the time that you've taken today. To no. kick it with the Colonels. Thank you, man. I'm blessed, period. I appreciate it. Anytime. Well, fans, that is assistant coach Coretta Brown. And as always, I got to thank my man Matt Phelps. Does not happen without him. Hope you guys have a safe and fantastic 2022. And we will catch you on the next episode.